You're listening to part two of our Lies at Work series, and since last week we talked about our wonderful truth and all his glory, this week we're going to flip the coin and look closer at what and who we're up against in our quest for truthful working, thinking, and living. And before that, in our Dust to Dust segment, I'm going to share some ways you can help improve your focus, because that's something we all struggle with from time to time, and to be honest, some of us more than others. So stay tuned. You're listening to Working Upward, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. Hello there. I am so glad that you are listening in with me today. I am excited about our topic. Uh, We will be having our Word of the Week and devotional in just a few minutes, and it is covering the other side of the coin. Last week was our first episode in the Lies at Work series, and we talked about Jesus, our glorious truth. And then this week, we are going to talk about the ultimate conspirator, uh, Satan, and what we're up against with him, and then Um, in our own hearts. Next week, we are talking about strategy, battle strategy. And then then the last week in the series, we are closing um, our summer series with with specific lies that we struggle with here in the work at home space. And then we can take what we've learned leading up to that episode and apply it. Now, before we get into that, um, I like to start um, every episode with a desk to desk segment. And that's just when I share a few things that I think will be helpful for your work. And today's theme is all about focus and um, how we can focus better in our work. This is something I have struggled with for a long, long time. I may struggle with it a little more than the average person. Um, I've just kind of, it's taken me a while to pick up on that. But I mentioned this to my mom who has since after I graduated, um, has been accredited for, for teaching. She's retired now, but uh, she's taking classes on things about, you know, ADHD and things like that. So when I mentioned this to mom, she said, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I've kind of wondered about you, Kristen. <laughs> Wow. Thanks, mom. (laughs) But now that I'm in my 40s, I just feel like I'm not going to go. I'm not going to worry about it. I have learned to adapt with whatever issues I may have (laughs) um, outside of whatever. So I'm going to share with you um, a few strategies and things that help me focus. And I hope that they will folk that they will help you even if no matter what level you are at and um, in your focus issues. Okay, so the first, um, the first tip I have for you is to pray. Um, it, I hope it doesn't sound trite. It is true. It is powerful. Um, but a lot of times um, when you struggle with focusing, it's because your your mind is wandering and um, and you forget that God has everything in control. And it's, and when you pray, it's just a way of releasing um, your anxiety, casting your cares on him and trusting him and helping him to um, to 
guide your mind and help you to focus. Um, the second tip I have for you is, and this is not original for me, this with me, this is something that I picked up on from Michael Hyatt, um, who has a full focus planner. I don't use it, but um, I think this is one of um, the strategies that he endorses in that. And that is to make a list of the three essential things for the day. So I don't have that planner, but this is something that I employ quite often. Um, but sometimes you just have all these things that are pulling for your attention and some things really aren't that important and they're bigger to you than they probably should be. So it really helps to make a list of just three things that you need to get done for that day. And um, if you get more than that, great. But at least at the end of the day, you'll know that you got your three most important things done for the day. A variation of that is to do a brain dump and just to write everything that's in your brain that's pulling for your attention, just to write it on a piece of paper and then just cross out everything that's not important. Um, That's another variation that I do sometimes. Um, The third tip I have for you is just asking a simple question. What is the next right thing for me to do? What is the next right thing for me to do. And that sometimes just really clarifies things for you. I will put these in the show notes. So uh, be sure to check that out. Um, I'll put a link in um, the episode notes, but then you can also go to workingupward.com. And um, that's in the blog section. And then um, if you are an insider, a little plug here, then you can subscribe to my emails and I will email it to you. Um, But those three things, pray, Make a list of the three essentials for the day. Ask yourself, what is the next th- right thing for me to do? And then there's something called the Pomodoro Technique. And um, I picked up on this several years ago. Um, and Pomodoro is Italian for tomato, which you think, that's crazy. What does tomato have to do with focus? <laughs> what do tomatoes have to do with focus? Um, that is uh, reminiscent of those timers, that used to look like tomatoes. They probably still make them, but they've been around forever. So little tomatoes that look like that are timers. And um, the idea behind the Pomodoro technique is just to set a timer. It doesn't have to be the actual tomato timer, Um, but you can set a timer for 15 minutes at a time or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever you you think you can handle. And uh, that motivates you just like, okay, just 20 minutes, I can do this. And it breaks it up, breaks your work off in little chunks of time. And then, so that's, and then you take like a little break in between your segments. So that's something that I've used from time to time and it's helped. Um, another thing that when I, when I have a big project to do that I know is going to take several hours and a lot of focus, I really enjoy, I can really get in the groove when I listen to, I have Pandora and there is a channel on there called Chamber Music hyphen Baroque. Actually, I'm not sure there's a hyphen in it, but it's just, it's a Baroque style of music, of chamber music. And um, just, I have never had to skip any song. Every song on that list, on that channel, helps me focus. It's amazing. So that's another tip. And a couple more for you. One is uh, to take exercise breaks. Um, We recently bought a $50 treadmill off of Facebook Marketplace. And I have been surprised at how much it has helped me clear my head. So um, just going down there and just, you know, maybe 
just walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes and it just it's very good. I, I, I've heard before that exercise does help with that, but um, I guess I'm a little late to the game. <laughs> but really, that has been helping me. So take exercise breaks. And then the last tip I want to uh, recommend to you is to intentionally recognize your work as worship. I'm sure you already know that work is worship anyway. It gives glory to God. But when you intentionally recognize it, when you give it over to the Lord, um, you know, we, I talked about praying, but you just, you know, say, Lord, I am getting ready to work for you today. I want you to have the glory. And that really helps uh, narrow your mindset and just help you, helps you um, remember what you are there for anyway. So I will include that list in the show notes, but those are just a few tips I have on focus for you on how to focus better in your work. And sometimes desk jobs, I think they do tend to lend themselves to um, a lot of uh, multitasking, uh, which is not something I recommend. Um, But um, it it just, just the nature of the beast um, makes it already difficult to focus, I think, especially when you have the internet right there. Um, So the second announcement I have for you in this desk to desk segment is that the Working Upward Network and Directory is coming soon. I mentioned it last time. And this is for those um, service providers and contractors, so virtual assistants, um, freelance designers, writers, um, anything like that, that that, that you would maybe a freelance independent contractor. Um, if you, if that describes you and you want to glorify God in your work and you take the Bible seriously. Um, the Bible is your foundation and you want to um, stick to the truths that you find in the Bible, even when they go, um, when they're contrary to popular um, worldly ideas of what's right. And um, so if that describes you, this network and directory is for you. Um, first of all, it is um, a directory to get your name out there for pastors and churches and Christian business leaders who are looking for like-minded assistants and service providers who can get behind their mission of of glorifying the Lord in their work. And um, then the, uh, the second thing that that network and directory is going to do is provide just a place to um, connect with each other. Um, we can share prayer requests and struggles and brainstorm work ideas or or problem solve with each other. And um, I'm really excited about this and I think it will meet a real need. Um, I have a client, a longstanding client who who mentors other pastors and um, he calls himself an entree pastor. So instead of entrepreneur, an entree pastor, and he, um, he knows a lot of other Andre Pastors, and he has um, he has let me know of his need to find other like-minded virtual assistants that he can recommend, and um, he has already said that he will share this directory once it is ready. So that's kind of fun to fun to know that that is happening. And um, but if this is something that interests you, um, I don't have a sign up page yet. But go ahead and email me at mail at workingupward.com. 
with any questions and also just to let me know that you are interested and I can give you special pricing if what I just described sounds like you and like something that you could benefit from. Okay, now, finally, it is time for our word of the week and it's corresponding biblical mindset devotional. Beware. Beware of the conspiracy happening around you. No, I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. I'm talking about the actual conspiracy orchestrated by Satan that has been happening since his fall from heaven. Isaiah 13, 12 says, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. Jesus also said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then in the book of Revelation, Satan is seen as, quote, a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth, unquote. So that that is Satan's origin. Then after he fell from heaven as a serpent in the garden, Satan planted doubt in Adam and Eve's mind about God's plan for mankind. That's how this all started. They chose to believe Satan rather than trust God. And they tasted the fruit that God commanded them not to eat. And sin came upon the whole world, passing from one generation to the next. So now here we are with a twofold enemy. One is the sin in our own hearts, because we are now fallen human beings living in a cursed world. And if you're like me, that is probably where you spend most of your battle strategy. I don't know your time thinking about um, how to fight sin as you um, think mostly about your own um, your own failing and your own struggle. And you forget, if you're like me, that there is another side to this, but there's also Satan actively opposing you. Um, so that, so until God takes us home to glory. That is our um, our mission. <laughs> well, that's not our overarching mission, but we will be. We are fighting Satan right now, as well as the sin in our own hearts. But have no fear, because there's something that we see way early on in Scripture that theologians like to call the Proto Evangelium, and that's just a big word that is a compound word made up of the word Proto, which means first and evangelium, which means good news or the gospel. So in Genesis 3.15, we have the first glimpse of the good news of salvation. When God is passing his judgment on the guilty culprits, Adam, Eve, and the serpent, this is what he says to the serpent, Satan. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's the Proto-Evangelium. I just like saying that word. (laughs) And it's talking about Jesus versus Satan. Jesus, the seed of the woman. So Jesus will bruise Satan's head, a true death blow, permanent, fatal. And then Satan will only bruise Jesus' heel, a small injury that is temporary. Jesus died on the cross, but then he rose again in victory over death. It was temporary. So, But keep in mind that death is Satan's strongest weapon. And Jesus has already defeated it. Hebrews 2.14 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. 
Going back to Genesis 3.15, the Proto-Evangelium, what did Satan do with this prophecy when he heard it? Well, he began strategizing. He has sought to undo this prophecy ever since he's known about it. This is the great conspiracy that I refer to in the title. Okay, even though Satan is told that he will not win, he has been a maniac in denial for these thousands of years. Todd Hampson, in his book, and I will link this in the show notes, The Nonprofit's Guide to Spiritual Warfare, refers to this as the seed war. And he lists several ways that Satan has tailored his battle strategy to destroy the lineage of Jesus so he wouldn't be able to come and redeem us. Remember that Satan is crafty and cunning and he is strategic. And this list really has helped me connect the dots here. I won't share everything on the list. There is some speculation, which I tend to be wary of, but I do think that scripture gives us enough to be able to make some pretty educated guesses about what's really going on in the spiritual realm. So here are just a few things on that list. Um, First of all, there was the murder of Abel right after Satan heard about God's plan to use Eve's seed for his destruction. Hmm. Then there were plans to kill Abraham from whom the Messiah would come. Then there was the destruction of the male Hebrew line in Exodus 1. Then there was Haman's nearly successful plan to kill all the Jewish people in Esther. Um, There was... Herod's murder of all the males under age two in Matthew two. There was a temptation of Jesus. There um, was the attempt to throw him off of a cliff in Luke four. And then you have the crucifixion of Jesus. Um, So once you have, once you understand, I don't recommend being obsessed with this or some people go really overboard when they really building their whole lives thinking about Satan. I don't recommend that. Um, I think that scripture has given us um, all that we really need to know. And the scripture does make it clear that Satan is real and that he has had a strategy. And if you look through um, the pages of scripture, you will see his strategy develop um, if you look at it with that um, mindset. Um, so Todd Hampson, again, I'm going to read a little bit from his book because I just love this part. Um, he says, after he shares that list, each time the enemy thought he had God cornered, Yahweh demonstrated his flawlessly omniscient and masterful planning. Every time the enemy was about to say checkmate, the great I am would unveil a surprise game changing move that would lead Satan closer to his own ultimate failure and judgment. Whenever Satan thought he was on the verge of eliminating the line of the Messiah, God would flip the script, leaving him completely empty handed. This process was repeated down through the biblical ages until finally Satan could almost taste the win when a bloody, beaten Jesus hung on a gruesome Roman cross. However, the age-old enemy would soon learn that what he thought was a long-awaited windfall was actually his own undoing. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was the greatest knockout counterpunch in world history. Jesus' heel had been bruised, but in that same moment, the serpent's head had been delivered a death blow. The great dragon, that serpent of old, thought he finally had the offspring of the woman where he wanted him, only to find he helped fulfill the very prophecy he had spent thousands of years 
trying to usurp. Friends, Satan hasn't given up. Um, He has ever since, so you have that, he's shifted his strategy after the crucifixion, by the way, and this is also in the book, (laughs) but um, ever since then, he um, his focus shifted from keeping the promised Messiah from coming to destroy the church and the Jewish people. So um, he he knows what he's doing and he is crafty. And I am going to just do another scripture collage reading similar to what I did last time. And uh, and here we go. Okay, just to help you understand what we are up against. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He's talking about Um, unbelievers there. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Again, I am reading scripture without the references for full impact. (laughs) And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Uh, so what do we do with the sobering knowledge that Satan is real and that he is alive and kicking and seeking who we can devour? The answer is that we fight. We fight the deceiver with truth. Tune in next time when we talk strategy, and then we'll conclude the series after that with some common lies that we face in our work and everywhere that affects our work. Now, let's pray based on Colossians 3, 9 through 14. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that we will all be filled with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so we can walk in a manner that is worthy of you, that is fully pleasing to you, and that we will bear fruit in every good work and that we will always be increasing in the knowledge of yourself. Please strengthen us with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. We thank you, Father, that you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, and that you have delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of your beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Working Upward. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. 
It's absolutely free and you'll get episode related resources delivered straight to your inbox. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up.